Shalom Aleichem Abayisai. As we advance in Zephyr Shmais, the Pashas Ve'era, Ramesh Rabbeinu and Aaron Akayin are going to continue working together now, B'Shlichas HaKadosh Baruch to try to convince Parai to allow B'nai Yisrael to go out of Mitzrayim. And the ten Makas were brought to Mitzrayim, seven in Pashas Ve'era, and three in Pashas Bait next week by Rasha. Before they go to bring the Makas, the Torah goes to tell us the lineage, goes to the genealogy of the Shvatim, and the Rashi tells us, Since it was necessary for us to be able to break down the lineage of Shevet Levi, which is where Moshe Aaron came from, until we get down to Moshe Aaron, because we're going to discuss Moshe Aaron now, we're going to be the Shluchim, the Shluchim Nebman, to be <coughs> to help to be the Shluchim to Mitzikai Yisrael from Mitzrayim, to become Ami Yisrael. So his Chil Yachsim Dech Taldasam, Ruvain, so that's where we started off from Ruvain. We spoke about Ruvain's children and Shimon's children, then we got to Levi in order to get to Mashavan. That's one reason why we brought Ruvain and Shimon. And we stopped at Levi because Levi was the Ikra to get to Mashavan and Aaron. Rashi <coughs> also says, right so Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi got Teichacha. Yaakov gave the Musar to the different things that he felt to tell them, and that's what scared Yehuda off, and Yehuda started to back off when he saw that Yehuda was, when he saw that Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi got Teichacha, and Yaakov came to Makar of him, so there was a room for those to think that maybe Shevet, Ruven, Shimon, and <coughs> Shimon were not Chashuvim. That's why we decided to Miyachas their Shvatim over here to let us know that although they received Techach of Miyachav Avinu, they were still considered Chashuvim. Now as they're talking about all the children and all the people from Shevet, Ruven, Shimon, and Levi, that speaks about the sons of Levi, and now Amram, the son of Levi, was the mother, the father of Meshavim and Aaron, married Yecheva de Dasai. And the Pasuk tells us, Who Aaron and Meshav, Asher Amr Hashem Lahem, Haitzu Esmenei Yisrael, the Eretz Mitzrayim al Tzavaisim. And it brings the history of how where Meshav and Aaron came about. This is the Aaron and Meshav that Hashem told to them to to, to take out Bnei Yisrael from Mitzrayim al Tzavaisim. Now, here, Rashi points out that the Pasuk here writes, Who Aaron or Moshe? puts Aaron's name before Moshe. If you look earlier, when it says, Vaidaba Hashem or Moshe el Aaron, you see that we put Moshe's name before Aaron. So is Moshe's name supposed to be before Aaron normally? Is Aaron's name supposed to be before Moshe normally? So Rashi says, Yeshmukaimas <clears throat> Shemaktim Aaron the Moshe. There are some places where we put Aaron's name before Moshe. And in some places where we put Meshav Rabbeinu's name before Aaron. Why? To tell you that they were equal, they were just as what they were equal, the two were equal. Now the question which everybody asks is, if you would ask any child in Cheder, who made it bigger? It's true, Meshav Rabbeinu was a tzaddik and Aaron Akrein was a tzaddik, but which one made it bigger in the world? A child will tell you, Meishu Rabbeinu. 
from Navi Kamaisha. Maisha Eben Hashem. By Anif Kamaisha. Pal Padaber by Arakain was the Kain Gadol. Rayev Shalom, Rayev Shalom. Maisha Rabbeinu was the one who brought down the Torah to Klai Yisrael. So if you would have asked any child, you said that Maisha Rabbeinu made it greater. What's the Pshat and Rashi? Rashi tells us that the Torah is being Megalitos, is revealing to us that they were equal. So Ramesha finds it that's how, asks this question, and he brings two Tirutzim. One answer that he says is that although Maishu Rabbeinu might have been greater, but in order for Maishu Rabbeinu to be Kayim Mishlichos, he couldn't have done it without Aaron, and therefore Aaron wasn't, was, was a necessary piece of the puzzle in order for Maishu Rabbeinu to accomplish what had to be done. And when it's one thing that has to be done, even if certain parts are bigger and smaller, it winds up being an equal share and, and, and doing it because both, both elements of the, of the, of the, of the, of the story had to be covered from both sides with Maisha and Aaron. Right? There's certain makas that Maisha couldn't do, Aaron had to do, Aaron had to speak. Therefore, they were considered shkulen. But then there's a second territory which Maisha says, which I think is a tremendous yesai that every single person has to remember on a constant basis because sometimes <coughs> it's our place with our minds and confuses us and discourages us. And when we remember this, this is Mechazikas and keeps us going strong. He explains with Maisha, he says, that there's a mistake in the world's way of how we judge people. And he bases it on the Gemara, Gemara in in Baba Vassar, I'm sorry, the same Gemara in both places, speaks about <coughs> Yosef, the son of Yeshua ben Levi. Yosef, who was the son of Yeshua ben Levi. So the son of Yeshua ben Levi, whose name was Yosef, Cholash. He became very sick. He's nagged. And his neshama Exit his body, right? Now it seemed like it was a t- for a temporary amount of time. Maybe we we'll call it a clinical death, whatever. He just he wasn't he, he his neshama went out and then he came back to life. Kihada, when he came back, the Gemara Mesachim says, Avua, his father said to him, My chazis, when you're up there in Shemayim during this time period, what did you see? I saw a backwards world. What's up on top in this world was down below, and what was down below in this world was up on top. You didn't see a backwards world; you saw a you saw the, the clear world, you saw the true world. Because <coughs> he told his father, the people which were chashim inside this world over there, they're not so chashim. They maybe they're, they're a bunch of nobodies. And people who are a bunch of nobodies in this world, they're the ones that are very chashev over there. How could that be? It's a backwards world. He said, no, that's the truth. We don't know who the chashev of people are. We sometimes judge the chashevists of a person based on his <coughs> personality, <coughs> excuse me, based on his personality, based on his charisma, based on his popularity, and all different types of, of external and superficial things that we judge the greatness of a person. But Maisha tells us when HaKadosh Baruch Hu downs a person for his greatness, he doesn't look how famous he is, how popular he is, how talented he is. He looks at one thing and one thing only. With the capabilities that I gave you, and the situation that I gave you, and the life that I gave you, 
and the financial situation that you have and the health situation that you have and the social situation that you have, did you accomplish the most that you can accomplish? If you accomplish the most that you should accomplish, then you aren't considered on the top of the line. You're considered a tzaddik. And even though someone else might seem much more famous, someone else might seem much more prestigious, someone else might seem much more, much greater, but that's not, that's not where godless is measured. Godless is measured by a person utilizing and fulfilling his potential. And that's what the Gemara and Babasra and, and, and Sachem are saying as well. That the true world is when we see who the people, the great people are, the people that utilize and fulfill the potential out of such. And I remember many years ago, <coughs> I heard a story from Elisha and Stern. And this story I heard from many different people in different versions. But I'm going to tell you the story exactly how I heard it from Elisha and Stern's itself. It's all the same message from whichever way, but just different versions of how it's told. Elisha and Stern's itself, he was the grandson of Ariakov Yisafirman. And he had a cousin. Of Kaufman, who was a who was a son of another daughter of Yaakov Yisufirman. Meishanstern's mother was a daughter of Yaakov Yisufirman. The book All for the Boss. So Meishanstern was a grandson, and his cousin of Kaufman <coughs> told the story to him. And he was mechazik, uh, different people in I think in New Jersey at the time where he was living. And there was a young boy that seemed to take an interest in Yiddishkeit, and. This Rav Kaufman was trying to of him, trying to make a kid Shashem. He wasn't a firm boy. And at one point, he started to show very strong interest in Yiddishkeit. And this Rav Kaufman wanted him to see the beauty of Shabbos. <coughs> so he told him, would you be willing to come for a Shabbos Suda? He said, sure, I'd love to come. I never saw such a thing in my life. So he said, but the only problem is, is that we don't drive in, car, in cars on Shabbos. And I don't want your parents to come to drive uh, on Shabbos to bring you that I'm, I'm causing them to the Chal Shabbos. So if you're willing to walk a little bit by day, if you come in the morning, you know, and then your parents won't get upset at you, that you're not there, so then I'd be happy to have you. So he said, yeah, I always go to my friends. My parents don't worry where I am. I go for hours and I'll come back. I'll come in the morning and I'll, I'll walk back. So quite a distance away where this Rav lived. And he walked the whole thing back and forth and he enjoyed the Shabbos milk immensely. And then he came week after week after week to just to see Shabbos Sudas in this Rav's house. Until one point, he got very, very close to the Rav. And the Rav started talking to him about the idea of kashrus. And a person has to be careful about kashrus. If a person eats treif, then it's metamtem asalev. It stuffs up the heart and boxes being able to connect properly to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, and to be able to fulfill what he accomplished and fulfill what he wants to be able to do in his Avedis Hashem. So he talked about the importance of kashras. So this boy was inspired. So he decided that he's going to take, uh, you know, he's going to make a strong effort to watch kashras in his house, but he lived in an from house, and that's going to be a problem. Now his mother noticed that he was hanging around a little bit with this rabbi, and she was getting concerned, and she saw that he's not eating the food, and she started getting suspicious that maybe this is something having to do with religion and something to do with kosher. So she wanted to, you know, to be able to see if what she was suspicious about was true. So she made a whole meal for him with all his favorite foods, things which are totally treif, and she put it on the table. And he said, uh, you know, she said, come, let's eat supper. And he's like picking at some vegetables, some fruits, some things that, that were there, not touching the food. Why aren't you eating? I'm not really in the mood. And she's pushed and pushed and pushed until he finally admitted that I'm trying to be careful about eating, eating kosher. So she said to him, oh, I see, I, that rabbi got a hold of you, you start, you're not going to grow healthy, you're going to start not 
eating properly and you have to be healthy, you have to grow, and you have to be able to, to be able to, you know, to go to school. This is ridiculous. She calls in her husband and she tells him, I want you to make sure that he eats the food. So he says, son, please eat the food. No, I'm not. I want to eat kosher. And the, she told her husband, listen, if you don't, if he doesn't want to eat the food, then show him what happens when you don't listen. And the father takes off his belt, I think, and he let him understand what happens if you don't listen. And he comes later on to show the Rav the bruises that he got from his father. And the Rav said, you know, I can't believe that you went ahead and did this. And, and, and I, you know, it's, it's very courageous what you did. But, you know, <coughs> I'm going to suggest you the following idea. You know, your father's a father, and he loves you, and he cares about you, and he's good, you know, he doesn't understand the whole idea of the importance of kashrus, and he's going to come to you to ask you your forgiveness. When he comes to ask your forgiveness, don't forgive him so fast until he agrees to do one of two things, to put on a yarmulke or to put on tzitzis. Put on yarmulke and tzitzis, and he'll, when you give him to him one, so then he'll, you know, uh, then, then tell him you'll forgive him. So the father comes back, to, to the uh, boy a few days later, and the boy followed the instructions. Father says, "What? I'm going to put on that beanie on top of my head, and I'm going to wear those strings. What, what's ridiculous?" The father said, "Well, the son said, well, you know, I, if you want to forgive him for what happened, this is something which is important to me." So he gives it on one of them. I don't know which one. And he started to get a, inspired by watching his son's growth. And the son eventually went <coughs> to the yeshiva. Of, of empty of Staten Island, Ruben Feinstein's yeshiva. And Rabbi Feinstein was still alive at the time, and he was like the Nasi of the yeshiva. Ruben, he had the branch of Mesifta Tzvetz Yishlaim in the east side, and his son, Ruben, ran the one in, in Staten Island. And he started to grow in the yeshiva very, very nice, and the father used to come and visit and, and see how he was doing. And eventually, he started to come to listen to some of the shiurim, and to, you know, he's, he he, went, he started to form a strong interest to join his son in becoming religious. And he came home to his house and suggested to his wife. His wife was very, very unhappy, and he was very, very persistent that he wanted to. They, he, I think that that was they put, you know, the end of their marriage at the point. But he decided this is what he feels is emes, and he wanted to become religious, and he became very, very close to his son. So one day, he was sitting in a shir. In the yeshiva, and one of the rabbis said that when <coughs> quoted from the Chafetz Chaim that when a person comes up to Shemayim, if he doesn't even know one daf of Gemara, then it's going to be a tremendous, tremendous busha when he comes up there. So he comes to his son and he says, "Please, can you teach me some Gemara? Can you teach me Gemara?" And he said, "No." Oh. So the son was delighted that when I have the opportunity now, my father who who got upset with me and beat me for eating tray, but now he wants to sit and learn with me Gemara. This is awesome. This is unbelievable. Of course, he sits down with his father, and his father just couldn't get it. It was very, very hard for him. He just couldn't pick up the the understanding and the the, the way how the Gemara works. And the son tried and tried and tried. Then he would ask his friends to help. Until it came a point where there was every single boy in the yeshiva had a slap with his father to help him learn the daf gemara. <clears throat> At one point, the, the father, the, the, after three years, finally, the father finished that daf gemara. When he, when he finished that daf gemara, he knew that daf gemara cold. Shining his questions and back and forth, and he had his own kiddushim and all the types of things that came up in daf gemara. He knew it well, so everyone was very excited. 
So he came to ask a Shiloh what to do. I think asked the Shiloh to Moshe. Moshe said, what do you mean? If a person worked three years in order to finish an Aftimar like that, what's the Shiloh? You make a seal. And not only that, I'm going to come to the seal. They made this tremendous seal and the Fleshik Asuda and everybody danced and sung and Moshe came and Moshe spoke at the seal. It was a tremendous, tremendous simcha. The Dafkamar, the Dafkamar, the seal. Unfortunately, a few days later, the father suddenly passed away. And everyone was devastated after that beautiful seal. Now, <coughs> now he was Nifter, right? Now he was Nifter. Everyone was devastated. It was Levaya. And Moshe came to the Levaya. And Moshe spoke with the Levaya. And he said something like, something like this. He said this as Moshe Bilba Tzebo. He said this as, as part of the Hespid. But he said that I'm, I'm certain, I'm, I'm Batuach, I'm certain that this yid is right now in the Masif to the Kiyah, the Yeshiva Shalmaila. And in the Masif to the Kiyah, the Yeshiva Shalmaila, all the Tanayim and all the Amarayim, and all of them are sitting and, 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 and listening to the Shir on this staff of Gemara and given by this yid. He's giving the Shir to all the Tanayim and all the Amarayim in the, in the Masif to the Kiyah, through that amelus, that toiling, and that effort that he put into that daf gemara, he was kind of that daf gemara, and he's the one giving the shir. Now, if you would ask anybody looking from the outside, who is this shit? He's a balabas. He learned a little bit. He came over here. And meanwhile, when a person fulfills his potential and does the most that he can do, then that brings a person to godless. So we're supposed to just be able to take our kachas. You know, I remember very well. Revolvers at Sal used to speak in Mir Yeshiva every other week. When I lived in Mir Yeshiva, I was able to hear him every other week speaking in, in Mir Yeshiva. And he said over oh, more than once a story with the Rishol Salanta. Rishol Salanta had a Talmud of Avtali Amsterdam. And one time, Avtali Amsterdam came to his Rebbe, Rishol Salanta, and he said, Oi, Rebbe, if I would have the mind of the Shagas Aryeh and the lave of the Yisrael Rishayish Ravayda, and Rabbi's Midas, oh, what a gavalik, a great yid I would be. So Rabbi Sosnan looked and said, no, with your mind, with your life, and with your Midas, that's how you get the great person you're going to come to be. We're not meant to be anybody else except ourselves, but we have to make sure that we utilize the kachas that we have in ourselves at a safe, and to make sure we don't shortchange ourselves, and that we utilize our potential to the most to be able to accomplish because we're here for a miss we're here on a <coughs> mission in this world to accomplish the most that we can do and as long as we do that and we fulfill that and we and we and we try to <coughs> take advantage of that then a person comes to the dagger of being a shalim and he's tzaddik on the highest level just the biggest tzaddikim that we can imagine let's try and figure out what are our kachas that we need to be able to use and utilize so that we can be able to bring ourselves to bigger and better places, to be Mekad Hashem Shemayim, Menachas Takarish Baruch Hu, and to the whole Ba'a Yisrael. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos, a good Chaydish Pez Hashem, Shabbos Mevorachim, and go.